You are now listening to Real Estate Journeys, episode 89. Let's get it! What's going on, everybody? This is your boy, Matty B, a.k.a. Matthew Baltzell. Welcome back to Real Estate Journeys, the exclusive podcast for real estate investors looking to scale to 100 units and live the location-independent lifestyle. And guys, I am very excited about today. As you know, I live in Chiang Mai, Thailand. I have not been in the States in over two years. And the gentleman that we're having on today is a great cat. He's a really cool guy. We had some great laughs before, but his name is Billy Keels. He is living in Barcelona, I believe, in Spain. And he is one cool guy. He's doing real estate investing abroad as well. And I wanted to bring him in here bring him in here and have him share his story for us. With that said, I'd like to welcome Billy to the show. Matthew, thank you very much. And it is a pleasure to be hanging out, talking to you from Barcelona, as they like to say around here locally. (laughs) And uh, I love what you got going on here, man. And I'm really looking forward to a great conversation and sharing some uh, insights. Yeah, I'm happy. Do they they not say they're ours, Barcelona? Barcelona, Barcelona. It's more like they like the lisping of the C's and Z's, right? Ah. So, uh, yeah, so that keeps us on our toes a little bit. It's funny when you learn a lot about like languages, right? So, uh, Thais, they don't say, so like, uh, for example, in Thai, like you say like, is it good? You say like, a Roy, my, right? But the Thais, mm-hmm. they have a lazy tongue, so they don't say ours. They say ours is L, so like, aloy my. And they don't say and they don't say S's. And so I always joke with my wife and I say, like, good thing when you met me, my name wasn't Steve, or you'd call me Peeve. She's like, <laughs> I don't get it. I'm like, then that have fun. Yeah, never mind. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. Linguistics, you know, no big deal. No big deal. <laughs> never mind. Well, yeah. So, anyways, back to you, the, the man of the hour, the myth, the legend. So Living in Barcelona in Spain, can you yep. give people a little bit of a background? Like, I, I was speaking with a gentleman this morning and he was like, he was from New York and he's like, man, he's like, that's so cool. I heard your podcast that you were on. I was, on, I was a guest on another podcast and he said, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, shout out to John Kasman. I was on his podcast. I can do it. I can do whatever I want on my show, right? I can't. John, John, part. John, we, we're, we're big friends of John. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, plug John. I, I was on John Kasman's <laughs> show and he was like, you know, I heard you and I'm in New York and I'm, uh, you know, thinking like, if you could do it from Thailand, like you're very inspiring. And I was like, man, like I got to get people more on that are like living this nomadic, like worldly perspective. And I wanted yep. you to bring you on and have you share your journey. Could you uh, give people a little bit of a bit about your background and how you got to Spain? Yeah, sure. Um, so a couple of things. I mean, I'm just a normal dude from Columbus, Ohio, Midwest. Right. Um, and had really great parents that, you know, they worked really hard, uh, always wanted to provide the best for us, but we're definitely a middle class uh, family parents work two jobs, all that kind of stuff. They always told us, you know, always, you know, dream big and try and go out and do things. And so I guess I was inspired like my brother and sister to continue to go out and do things. We also moved around a lot when we were in the States. Brother, I was born in Ohio. My brother and sister were born two and four years later in Denver, Colorado. Then we moved to Texas. Then we went back to Ohio. Parents divorced. Dad went to New York. Mom went to West Virginia. And so we kind of always were moving around. So I guess kind of it's not um, by coincidence that 
Today, I'm sitting here talking to you in Barcelona, Spain, after having had the great opportunity to work and travel throughout some 86 different countries. Um, I had this awesome job right out of college. I went to college in the southwest of Ohio, and I had a chance to work in throughout 58 countries in, in the first five years out of college. And wow. that was just like, you know, just completely opened up my world, my mind, challenged me on the way that I saw the world and thought about things. And it was so much so that after five years, I'd worked and saved a lot of money. And I was just like, you know what? I want to take a one-year sabbatical because I didn't see myself going to work in like a normal quote-unquote nine-to-five sitting in a cubicle all day. And so I moved, was accepted to university in Paris at a university called the Sorbonne. Uh, I went there for uh, a year. I guess the people in Paris would say uh, La Sorbonne. Um, but uh, I went there for a year and that was really, really cool. Actually, it was nine months. Didn't want to go back to the States. Uh, was fortunate because I was working with a lot of really big Fortune 500 um, CEOs at the time that I was doing that five years, 58 countries. Um, ended up staying, started working for one of those big companies in the south of France in a town called Montpellier, and where I met this beautiful little Spanish woman. Um, and when we met, lots of laughs, it was kind of cool. Uh, I ended up moving to Italy in the meantime, came mm -hmm. back to France, and then the Spanish woman and I stayed in touch with one another. And so it was really cool. Uh, short story, really long. And we ended up getting married. I've uh, been living in Barcelona since uh, for the last 14 years now. Uh, we have two beautiful children. Uh, one just turned 10. Uh, we were in the Canary Islands over the weekend celebrating his 10th birthday. And uh, our youngest is eight. Mm. And um, I work for a really big company during the day, a really big multinational. I've been working in sales uh, primarily for the better part of 20 years, sales and sales leadership. And I caught the bug with this thing that I really, really love. And that's investing in multifamily real estate uh, back in the United States. Or actually, I'd say real assets in general. Mm. Um, and that's what's kind of uh, gotten me to this point, I guess. So hopefully mm. it wasn't too long winded, but uh, no, it gives no, you a little no. bit about who I am and how I got to this yeah, point. We're on a podcast. Uh, you can do whatever you want. Come on, show you. You want to go take a coffee Love break? It. You want to go take a coffee break? <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna edit that out. We'll just we'll just sit here and sip coffee. No, that's very cool. So, um, you know, people are obviously listening to this. They're like. Uh, I had on, I had on Yona. Do you ever, are you familiar with Yona Weiss? He does like cost segregation is on LinkedIn. Yeah. 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 And so I don't know him personally, but I'm familiar yeah, with. Yeah. Yeah. With who, and so yeah. I, when I like interviewed him one time, he's like, I'm in Israel right now. I'm like, I'm in Thailand. He's like, Oh my God. Like what's this is crazy. And here you are, you know, in Spain. Yeah, and man. so people that are listening to this, you know, I want them to be inspired and think like if, you know, you're living in Daytona, Ohio, like you could definitely make it to Columbus or, drive to some other city to make it to a real estate meetup. So how is it that you're going about investing or if somebody's thinking and they're listening to this and they're living in Australia or they're an American living abroad, how yep. would you go about telling them to get involved in real estate back in the States? Um, you know, I, I can share what I did to get started. For sure. Um, and I don't know if it's necessarily the best way, but I'm, gonna, I'm just going to share what I did and now yep. what I'm doing. And maybe yep. they can figure out what's right for them because it's probably somewhere in between. Yep. Um, so the, the first thing was I was in this point, like I was working in my, in my big corporate job, right? And I was just like, I was work, working crazy hours and it was just insane. And I was, you know, stressed out. And I guess just because that's what the big multinational kind of 
need you to do, right? Because that's yeah. you're you're part of the machine, and that's kind of what's going on. And I got a bit frustrated of what I was doing, and I decided number one that I wanted to invest in real estate. Like, so I would say anybody that is thinking about it, like you've got to be super clear on number one the fact that you want to invest in real estate, and more importantly, why do you want to invest in real estate? Right. Mm. In the beginning, I was just doing it because my, I was tired of my stock portfolio crashing like every eight or nine years and starting over. Yep. And I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And it was like, this seems like a way that will really work. Um, and so I got out of I had to get out of my own way. I got mm. clear on what I wanted to do and why I wanted to do it. And then I had to get out of the way. And because I was tired of reading books and I needed to get into action, like I took what I call a fear based decision, but at least I made a decision. Mm-hmm. Or as I say here in Europe, I took a decision, right? And <laughs> so um, when that when I did that, it was I thought, okay, I'm going to put money into this property or into yep. these properties because my first property was a duplex, and um, I thought if everything just goes pear shaped or doesn't work out right, yep. like I need somebody to bail me out. And so I made the decision based on the fact that I was clear that I was ready to take action. Uh, I had the money and if everything just went bad that I had somebody to bail me out. So that is the whole, like that, my decision criteria, that wasn't the decision criteria. Right. And, Mm. and I made the decision because I had my brother and my father living relatively close that if um, the house burned down or something like that, and I could, what what is, what is relatively close? Like a state? Uh, Like within an hour, within an hour. Okay. Yeah. Within an hour, within an hour of the property. Um, and so um, that was the way I did. I mean, there was no more thought than that, but I knew yeah. that it was time for me to kind of change what I'd been doing and just investing in the stock market. And this was the avenue for me to do it. And now mm-hmm. if I go from that's what I did like back six years ago to today is not only just being super clear on what it is that I want real estate to provide me. And that could be a whole bunch of different things, right? You can maybe somebody who wants to get just pure, um, you know, payments every month. You may be somebody who's willing to wait and get a big payment sometime down the line. Um, you may be somebody who's got a tax problem and you need real estate to do things for you in the short term, midterm and long term. Uh, but at least you're clear on what you want real estate to do for you. Yeah. And then afterwards you figure out, okay, well, based on what I'm trying to do, do I want to go to a market that is like a big market, like a New York and LA, or do I want to go to uh, a market that's somewhere like uh, Dallas or Charlotte, or do I want to go to a market that's like somewhere in between all those. Right. Um, and then, and as you know, Matthew, we, I mean, you got to get aligned with really good teams. Yeah. And then afterwards, whatever the opportunity is, you know, whether it's a 200 unit building, a five unit building or whatever ATM machines, like mm-hmm. the, the team has, you, you've got to be able to get the right opportunities that kind of fit. So somewhere between having, you know, you just figured out because you've got to take action to having a really set, clear um, set of criteria Mm. is the way that I did it and the way that I do it now. So hopefully mm. that answers the question. Yeah, no, it does. You know, I think, uh, you know, it's like when I'm speaking with people and they're new and they're relatively new, I always say like, you know, having clarity and having your investment criteria and, you know, taking that action, right? Without taking that action, you really don't know, right? Your investment criteria. And I always tell people like, there's a million ways to like work out, right? You can go to the gym, you can do P90X, you can ski, run, swim, whatever. There's a bunch of different ways, but you don't know a strategy until you actually try. And so, but you want to also at the same time kind of develop an investment strategy that you might relatively fit your needs, right? Your per se. And once you do that, you can be like, okay, like I don't like, 
I don't want to do fix and flipping. Like I want to scale or I want to, you know, be a wholesaler or I want to be a realtor. But I think what you're saying, you know, is very important to saying, you know, taking action. Um, how did you go about building up your team abroad? So you started with your uh, family boots on the ground and then how, let me ask you, how did you go about developing broker relations? Cause <laughs> I know, I know people like when they think this, right. And I was talking this gentleman that I was speaking with. So it's, this is all very fresh in my mind. Yeah. A lot of people think that like, it's more like a solo operation. Like, Oh, this guy's a sponsor. He has 2000 units in his portfolio. He owns the sole property. Like this guy's killing it. But I was like, you know, people own uh, different percentages of properties, like an eighth, a 10th, a third, however, whatever the waterfall structure is or however, however the deals are structured. But like for me, myself, like I'm obviously not the boots on the ground. We have partners. We have partners in Miami. We have partners in Atlanta. So how did you go about developing your team and developing broker like broker relations and stuff like that abroad? Uh, so, I mean, I have a philosophy that, and, and I guess this is part of having worked in sales for, you know, the better part of 20 years. And I've done all facets of sales. Like what I love the most is the face-to-face. Like there's just, to me, there's nothing uh, better than that. Yeah. Uh, I've done sales that are 100% online. I've done sales that are remote. So like inside sales models, but nothing beats for me in my personality, nothing beats like the, the, the face-to-face sales. So I've not had any problems, right. in being able to realize that, and I guess the thing that I would say is you've got to start somewhere, mm-hmm. right. Um, don't be afraid to send a, if you love social media, well, figure out somebody's social media that you want to follow, whether it's LinkedIn, whether it's Facebook, whether it's Twitter account, and start the conversation. Like, mm-hmm. because we're remote, man. Like I, yeah. I love living in Barcelona. Like I don't want to live in the places where my properties are. I just, I don't, because I yep. love living here. Just like yep. you love living, you know, in, in where you are and people that are in different places love living where they are. So, but it's got to start somewhere. So you've got to get back to taking action. Once you um, start that conversation, you may want to then start sending emails to people and you eventually you want to pick up the phone. Like, I know it costs a lot of money, but guess what? I want to build a broker relationship because the type of assets that I want to invest in, unless you have a strong broker relationship, chances are you're probably not going to be very successful. It's just the way it works. Yeah. Um, you can choose to be in a different part of the asset class and you can do things on your own and try and do a lot of sell, seller direct and all that other kind of stuff. But um, so, so there's this progression, right? And eventually you're going to do a Zoom, something like we're doing right now. Um, but when you really want to take that leadership position, you have to put your money where your mouth is. So you've got to get on a plane and you've got to go meet people face to face, because if you're not willing to do that, then you're sending a really strong sign to the broker that, hey, look, I'll do just this amount of work. And then afterwards, I'm not really willing to do that. And it's something that in the beginning I kind of thought about, and I'm sure, Matt, you've thought about this, too. But it's just the price that we have to pay. Right. Because we want a different lifestyle. Like, it's OK. I've got lots of friends that are living in, in you know, I'll use Dallas as an example. They live in Dallas and they invest in Dallas. Well, great. That's great yeah. for you. But I'm fine to invest in Dallas. I just don't want to live there. I don't so, want to live in Dallas. Right. Right. And, <laughs> and I don't, right. And, and, but, but I don't want to live anywhere right now yeah. at this point in my life um, in, in the States because I want to live here. Um, but, but the reason I'm saying that is that 
it, you could start anywhere building that broker relationship. But mm. ultimately, if you want to play in this space where you're, you want to have more than 100 units in your portfolio and you want to be that promoter or that GP or, you know, or the key or whatever, however you want to call the, 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 the general partner, yep. you have to demonstrate that you're really serious about it. And that could be anything from calling 5,000 times to getting on an airplane and paying thousands of bot or euros or run or whatever the case may be, because you've mm -hmm. got to demonstrate that you're, you're as serious as the broker is. So when you're doing that, you're obviously narrowing down your, your, your target markets, right? So I mean, you're not like hitting people up in Seattle, hitting people up in Miami and Vermont <laughs> or what's the other state, Maine, all the way up there in San Diego. Yeah. And then you're like, oh yeah, like I'm developing relations. Like I'm going to fly to all four quarters of the United States. So how did you, how do you really, so you, you find your market first, right? Is that what you're saying? And then you kind of will in accordance find your maybe brokers around that that are in that market and target them or exactly. or, or your or your relationships relatively regionally well, so, so what so what i what and once again this is like kind of what did i do right yeah, yeah. Um, in the beginning i just went where the money was and that's if you want to like if you just want to invest because you got a lot of money and you just want to do that i mean you can do that but when you're looking to build a business it's probably better that you take a more strategic approach to it and then you execute like very tactically against whatever your, your, your strategy is. Mm -hmm. So yes, people can fly to Maine and then fly to San Diego and then fly yep. to Miami and then fly up to the great Northwest. But, um, they have, hopefully they have a lot of disposable capital and just way too much free time. I don't know too many of those people. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, it, it, and it goes back to, you know, kind of what is it that I'm looking for real estate to do for me and for my company right now? Mm -hmm. And then finding that, place right and then once mm -hmm. you find that place yeah you, you find that location and then what i've done is i've drilled down into that location mm -hmm. because when i get on a plane i want to fly to visit my team i want to see my properties i want to do for the properties where i am responsible for i want to go deep mm -hmm. right to be able to to manage those relationships because it just in my opinion makes more sense and definitely in my context makes more sense because mm. when I'm flying like this week, this Thursday, I'm flying uh, on a plane going back to, I'm, I'm flying to New Orleans to meet up with a whole bunch of uh, investor people, right? Mm -hmm. But I'm just flying to New Orleans because I have a specific reason to fly there and then For I'm sure. flying back. I'm, I'm not going to stop and see any of my properties or any of that kind of stuff or meet with any of my team because that's there. But when I'm flying to actually go visit the property, meet the team, see how the, you know, how things are going. I don't want to have to jump on 15 different planes. How often are you flying back to the States? Uh, this year I have been, this will be my fifth, fourth time. This will be my fifth time flying to the States this year. Okay. Okay. And then from and I have, what? And I have, and, and I have a full-time job. So and I guess this is the, one of the other things that can happen. Like we can have a full-time job and I'm actively investing and I'm passively investing, mm -hmm. but I've made the commitment Um with a wife and two kids and a really demanding day job that I'm going to fly back to the States. Like I'm mm. literally flying back on a Thursday and I'll be back here on Tuesday. Mm. Are you, are you predominantly uh, invested in Midwest uh, East coast uh, markets? Um, I've primarily, well, so I got started on the East coast and I went Southeast um, and then I've done some like more passive just to yep. make sure that my money's always moving yep. um, in the Midwest. I love, I love and understand the Midwest because I'm from the Midwest. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm also really enjoying um, knowing more about the Southeast yep. uh, markets as well. Very cool. Yeah, I was just curious as far as uh, you know, geography is concerned. If you're hopping over from Spain, like it might be easier to just touch down on the West Coast and like if you're if you're investing that way, as opposed to flying all the way over to Vegas, right? You got an extra four or five hours. Um, oh, on a side note, when you said that you know having a, a cell phone could be, or if you're calling back, it could be expensive. I mean, there's always ways around that. You can get a Skype number for ten dollars a month. That's what I do, and you get a local number. Uh, so if anybody wants to call me 303, no, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. <laughs> but, but, but to be real though, like the, the text messages are for me, uh, like it's like 10 cents or something. So I can, like, I can call back or whatever. So whenever somebody texts me and they're like, Oh, hey, oh, blah, blah, I'm like, Oh God. I'm like, just, so, so, you know, I just, I just don't just like wrap it up in like one text. I'm like long, good. Call me, go, like yeah. email me. So, the, so, and this is like, so I'm laughing with you, right? Because yeah. I understand what you're talking about because yeah. those of us who are living outside of the United States, like it's just a different game. Yeah. Right. It's, it's just a different game. Like we have to play by different rules. We can get mm-hmm. the same result. Yep. But, and so our reality is a different one. Um, and I'm, I'm not saying it's better or worse. It's just different. And yeah. so when you're talking about that, I'm like, yeah, man, I know where you're coming from. Yeah. Sometimes it's cool just to be hit somebody up real quick, or whether it's WhatsApp or you've got your plan with Skype. And there's a whole bunch of different uh, like yeah. um, uh, centralized numbers that you can use when you're outside of the States, which most people that if you're living in the States, you yeah. don't even think about that. But yeah, for sure. You know, and, and in the beginning, I was calling, imagine, I mean, I was calling tenants, me, because I was trying to do all this by myself, which was just crazy. Um, I learned a lot. I learned yeah. a lot. And so I know what to look for, but I'm calling tenants from my Spanish mobile phone. You know, <laughs> like what, who is this dude calling me? I like, so, I like, I like when you make a call and you just, you know, it's not that you lie. You just don't want to like say where you are like currently, like, right. Like if you're on the phone and you're just like, Hey, you know, can you do this or whatever? And it's like, yeah, cool. All right. Bye. You know, but sometimes like you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm 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 calling from Spain. You're in Spain? Why are hey, you in Spain? Oh my god. How'd you call me? Are you able to just like no, I just I just I just want I just wanted We're trying to do this I, thing. I just wanted you to know <laughs> that the papers are on their way. Like it's okay. Yeah. Just 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 go. Just go. Yeah, yeah no, yeah. I, I think it's very cool, you know, that you're living abroad as well. And you know, like you're saying, the real estate you should fit your lifestyle or like what you want from it. Right. And there's nothing wrong with being a a passive investor. There's nothing wrong with just raising capital. And I get asked this question all the time too. They're like, Hey, you know, you're, you know, you're working in that boardwalk wealth. You guys are starting to take on bigger properties. Like what are you seeing as far as like your role and your position is concerned? I was like, you know, at first I thought I wanted to be the sponsor and the main guy taking down everything. And the more I kind of look at it right now and just like where I am in it with everything, I'm like, you know, I don't, I don't mind being Scotty Pippen. Like, I also win some championship rings. Also get some, like, if I get if I get some mobility out of it and I, I don't have all the the glitz and glamour, like I still make my money, I can still travel, I can still come back to Thailand for a month at a time. Like to me that's more important than being the head honcho stressed out, you know, juggling yeah, a bunch of I mean, balls. Yeah, I mean you 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 hit something that uh, just right on the head. Like look, it's impo- you can't put two people together and think that they're going to want the exact same things out of life. Like uh, Matt, I mean, you're a super cool dude, uh, but I'm going to guess because of your life context and where you live and who you're married to, 
um, and where I live and who I'm married to, then probably we're going to want different things out of, out of life. Do we want to be able to live comfortably? Yes. But what does comfortably mean to you? It's probably mm-hmm. something that's different than comfortably to me. So mm-hmm. I love your analogy of being Scottie Pippen. Yeah. I mean, he has the exact same number of rings as Michael Jordan. Yeah. Um, and, and he did his role um, and he was just happy in that role. Right. And it's yep. like I said, yeah, I mean, I'm, 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 manage projects on my own. And when it makes sense, I just want my money to be working. Yeah. Right. And so I'll put sure. it into someone else's project. Well, why not? Like yeah. at the end of the day, I'm able to continue living here in Barcelona. I can take my trips to with my kids and my wife when I want to, we can go skiing in the winters. We can, you know, I can go to the States five times a year. All right. Well, we get it. Europe's cool. Europe's cool. <laughs> ah, I could go in the Alps. I could uh, go to the French Riviera. I could, you know, go get high tea at noon in uh, London. What, what, what else? What yeah, else yeah, do you yeah, want me to things, do? All what else things, do you all want these me to do? All these things. Yeah, yeah. But, but no, I mean, it's like you said, they're, they're, they're choices. They're choices. It's yeah. not all just about money. It's, yeah, it, it, for sure. And if it is, then, you know, you, you're, the person is probably missing the point about this whole real estate mm-hmm. thing anyway. Let me ask you, let me ask you something. So living abroad and mm-hmm. living in, f- speaking five languages and living in two different continents and being the worldly man that you are, um, has traveling and see, seeing the world and uh, been living abroad helped you as a real estate investor? Um, I've, as a real estate investor, uh, yes. As a person, definitely. Um, and so I, I think those two things go together, uh, right? Is because when you're naturally curious, when you're traveling, like I've never, like I've been really fortunate to travel around the world, but I've never been to Thailand, right? And mm-hmm. so, I, you know, when I when we start talking and I'm like, well, hey man, you know, tell me all the different stuff about what's happening and what's going on. And, um, you know, and maybe I speak to someone, I remember the first time we went to Myanmar, my wife and I, and you're just, you're curious and you ask questions um, all the time because I wanted to understand and I want to know. And I, we went to the, like I was saying, over the weekend to a new place. I'd never been to this island in the Canary Islands and I wanted to go see things and I'm smiling and I'm looking around. And it's a very much the same kind of approach when I'm looking at new real estate opportunities or speaking with a new potential investor and asking the questions and why would you be interested in this? And you know, why, why is somebody interested in selling a perfectly great, um, you know, property that's producing the results that the person is looking for. Like, why is that happening? Or yeah. when do they want this to happen? And when do you want to get out of it? So it's all that same like curiosity and questioning that developed when I was traveling around the world that I still use as a real estate uh, investor and entrepreneur. Uh, mm-hmm. Once again, whether I'm looking to go out and buy something myself or invest with somebody else. Mm. Very cool. So I th- I love I, so, yeah. So I think that that curiosity and traveling around has definitely helped me as a real estate investor and as a person. Very cool. Very cool. Love it, man. Well, I want to close it out with the three closing, three final questions here. First question is, what is your favorite book to regift? Wow. The favorite one to get uh, to gift is uh, the one that I've done the most is Rich Dad, Poor Dad. But it, would it be okay if I just, um, there is one that uh, is called The Creature from Jekyll Island. That Ooh, I've, you're I've talking my a, alley now. Yeah, I've gifted that a couple times, and and then I gift the other one because it's smaller and it's an easier read. But like for those don't people plug, that don't, are very don't plug serious, Rich Dad Poor Dad. Everybody plugs that. Everybody. No, it, well, it, so but but that's one that right. It's it's the easy one to get in, and it's not so yeah. Like for those of us that are serious, the creature from Jekyll Island. It just it is a. It just, yeah, it just can you, you. T- can you tell the people a little bit about what the book's about as far as like economic global perspective is concerned? 
Yeah. So um, without giving the whole thing away, it's right back there on my shelf. So it, I mean, I never realized how much like geopolitical um, the world's connected. The, the, the world and everything is connected. And when you th- start thinking about debt and the role that debt plays in our day to day lives. Sure. Um, and I mean, you're going back into the 1930s. Right. And even before that, and you're starting to see how Europe and the United States and these really powerful individuals and sometimes families are able to come together to create things that are um just something like a central bank known as the Federal Reserve, which is mm-hmm. neither federal nor does it have it's a know, private institution. Illegal, yeah. I mean, <laughs> so, so 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 you start seeing this, and and you read this book, and it ties all these things together, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it just when you leave, when you finish that book, and you listen to it, or you read it a second or third time, all these world events and where we are today and where we will be in the future, it just repeats itself and mm. no book has made such a positive impact on me and the people that i've gifted the book to that have read it it's just i mean it's a game changer mm. for yeah me. no it's definitely it's 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 dense at times but it's definitely good i i, I uh i highly recommend it you're gonna go down that rabbit hole and you're never gonna come back so right <laughs> I, I, you you're, you're you're my guy you're my guy you're i my love guy. it i love you it. are my guy billy I'm like, we got like kind of same lifestyles, but in different. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool, I think cool, we'll cool. be in touch, man. I yeah, think we'll we, I, got, I got you. I got you. <laughs> All right. Second question is what is a pain point or weakness you face right now in your business? Um, right now, just growing. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And I would say it's, it's a pain point and an opportunity. Right. So we're doing a lot of things right now as, as my company is growing. Cause once again, I'm still working uh, the day job yep. and, my company is growing and and we have more people that we want to come into contact with more people that we're now serving uh, as customers or as clients, as, as tenants through our property management companies. And so it was okay when things were really small, but now as we're growing, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's just, it's a pain point. It's an opportunity. I now have people that are um, a company that's helping me to kind of redesign uh, the pro the processes or the processes or the processes, however you want to say it. Um, and yeah. And then, um, and get everything really organized so that at the end of the day, everybody can have the right experience. So that's, that's really what I want to, to happen. And so, yeah, that's where, that's where we are right now. It's, it is painful and it's going to get better. So <laughs> it's, it's all good. That face had like pain on it. Yo, it's painful. Oh, it's painful. <laughs> it's, it's, for those people that cannot see this, he had some pain, pain in that face. All right, very cool. And third question, I, I told you this before, but I'm actually going to rephrase this. I usually ask, what is your favorite question? Or if you were to live abroad for one year, where would you live and why? But I'm going to structure that a little differently. For you. <laughs> if you were to live abroad for one year in Eastern Europe, where would wow. you live and why? In Eastern Europe and why? That's a really, um, so I would have not had that question uh, even anywhere near my. <laughs> You're like, I would not so, go to Eastern Europe. No, so so I guess, no, no, no. Yeah, I, so one of the things that sits really important for me, I love warm weather, right? And mm. so I'm from Columbus, Ohio, right? Super yeah. continental, like really, really hot, really, really cold, um, snowy and all that stuff. And I was just thinking when I was in, um, I was in Prague, back mm. in January of 2006. And I lived there for a month. Um, they had really good kind of like infrastructure. Yep. And that's something that's important to me. It was really well connected to other major European cities. Um, 
So that's the one that comes off the top of my head. I'm sure if I, um, if I had a little bit more time, it may be something else, yeah. but that's the one that comes to the, uh, to the top of my mind right now. And I think my, cool. my, my wife and kids would, uh, would like it as well. So yeah, I'll take it. So that, that, that's what you'll take it. All right. I'll cool. take it. I'll take it. I'll take it. Take it. And right. I'm going to, the next I'm gonna, time I'm, we have this conversation, I may change it. <laughs> I would actually, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to actually ask you another fourth one here that I uh, wanted to bring up. You said you're interested not only in real estate, but you're also interested in acquiring assets. What other asset classes are you, are you interested in right now? <laughs> so I've recently um, invested in ATM machines. Mm. So yeah, so back in the uh, back in the U.S., so I uh, recently invested in fourteen of them. So I'm interested to. I feel like the the, the play there. It's a pure cash flow play, uh-huh. and it's something that I've been reading up on. It's something that I've become more and more educated about. I see that there is a uh, there's a demand for that in the United uh-huh. States. Once again, I'm thinking about the United States. If the same opportunity came up and it was in Sweden. Yep. probably wouldn't do it, right? Yep. Because it's almost a cashless society. So that wouldn't make much sense there. But it just goes back to what we were talking about before. Before you start to invest your money, uh, you need to invest kind of like, it does it does the play make sense? And does it yep. tie into what you want to be able to do? So yep. um, I, I love cash flow, And mm-hmm. that is a cash flow play. And it's something that I am now uh, testing myself. So mm. I'll keep you posted on how, how things go. Yeah, definitely. Give me a shout out. <laughs> For sure. Well, very cool. Well, Billy, I, I love having you on, man. You're a great guest. I, I know people are going to uh, take a lot of knowledge from this episode. Uh, where can people find more about you? Yeah, man. I always like to leave kind of three different flavors. Uh, for anybody who like literally wants to, they're like us, right? And they've been yep. living somewhere across the globe and they're interested in investing. I always like to make it easy for people to have a conversation. They can go to uh, bit.ly forward slash speak with Billy. It's bit.ly slash speak with Billy. Um, if anybody wants to just kind of check out the website, they can go to keeponcashflow.com. Um, and if anybody wants to pick up what was a, uh, Amazon best-selling book uh, back in the day. Uh, they can go to growyourmoneythesmartway.com, leave their email uh, and their name, and I'll send them out the uh, the ebook for free. So, very cool. Very cool. Very yeah. cool. All right, Billy. Well, thank you very much for being on the episode, and we'll catch you on next go round, my friend. Matt, I love it, man. Thanks for the opportunity. I hope uh, hope it's uh, useful for everybody. Thanks a lot. Peace. Hey guys, congratulations on listening to the whole episode so far, but now I want you to take it one step further. Please head on over to matthewbaltzell.com forward slash discover to schedule a free 15-minute call with me and tell me about what is a pain point you're facing right now in real estate, and I'll create an episode around that there for you. Peace.